Open your Bibles to John, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 39 through 42. That'll be our scripture reading this morning. John, the fourth chapter, begin with verse 39, going through verse 42. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves had heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Thank you, Roy. Good morning, church. I don't know about you, but today is one of those days that, uh, you know, it's just crazy. We had a crazy storm yesterday, and then uh, today uh, things continue to go crazy. Uh, it's one of those days I feel like uh, my hair's out in place and my shoes are on backwards. Um, so uh, we're, we're, we're going to try to get through some of these things as, as best we can. Take note on your bulletin, on the front page of the bulletin, uh, that there's a ladies' night out this week. But um, the things that are announced there due to several conflicting activities uh, going on in Savannah tomorrow night, the, uh, the ladies' night out will be at Pizza Grocery in Corinth. Uh, so the van will leave at 6 p.m. from the building. So if you can be a part of that, I know there's a lot of things going on, but if you can be a part of that, ladies, I uh, want to make sure that uh, that you're aware of that. So the van will leave here from the building uh, tomorrow at 6 p.m. Uh, so bring money for food. Also, there will be a ladies retreat meeting for those ladies going on the retreat uh, next Sunday, November the 3rd, right after morning services uh, over here in room A2. So uh, ladies, if, uh, if you're planning on going on the retreat in a few weeks, uh, make sure that you're a part of that meeting next Sunday morning uh, after morning services. Uh, also, uh, next Monday evening, uh, that will be November the 4th, uh, at 5.30 p.m. back here in the banquet room. We will begin our third year of uh, feeding the, the men at the Adult Teen Challenge Center. Um, we need turkey cookers. Uh, turkeys are being provided, so uh, uh, if you can provide a turkey cooker, that will be great. Um, if you can sign up on the sign-up sheet, uh, you need to see Carol if you want to help in any way or provide those cookers. Uh, see Miss Carol. Uh, so I uh, want to encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, we've encouraged a lot of men and got to know a lot of men, uh, hoping that some of them will uh, stay and remain uh, here in Savannah area and we can continue to, uh, to serve them and help them uh, as they grow in their walk. Keep your Bibles open there to the book of John chapter 3. We're going to look at both of these chapters uh, real quickly uh, this morning. John chapter 3 and John chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, leave them open there. If you have an electronic device, uh, go ahead and if you have to open two, uh, two windows, uh, go ahead and do that because uh, we're going to look at both of these chapters here in just a minute. Uh, I want you to think about some questions as we begin. As Christians, who is it that we seek to honor in our life? 
It's Jesus, right? Who is it that we seek to follow and try to be like? It's Jesus, right? You remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1, Paul says, Imitate me, how? As I also imitate Christ. Do you remember the boy Jesus in the book of Luke chapter 2? He asked his parents, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And in Luke chapter 19, later in his life, Jesus said, Today salvation has come to this house because he is, all, he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That was Jesus' purpose. But I want to challenge us to think in, in, in a certain way because if we're not careful, we will fall into the trap, the very trap that Satan wants us to be in, in thinking that the primary reason for being a Christian is to build a church. Now let that sink in for a minute. Now I'm not talking about building the church. I'm talking about we can get caught up in the idea of thinking that we have to build a church in the same sense of building a business. And we get the idea that everything that's done and everything that takes place has to be to my satisfactory because, I mean, I put money in to what's happening, right? And so that gives me a right to say or disagree or say what needs to be done. I understand there's some truth to that, but I want us to think deeper than that. You see, our goal as the body of Christ is to seek to be like Christ. To seek to honor Him by the way that we live. To seek to follow the core truths of Scripture. Not to build a business. Now I understand that in a sense, there are some aspects of the body, of the church, that has to be carried on like a business. But that's not our ultimate goal. Our ultimate goal is to seek to be like Christ. To seek to do things like Christ. To seek to follow the truths of Scripture. One of Christ's purposes for coming to this earth was to establish the church. Church. A faith community where we have things in common. Where we come together to worship. Where we come together to partake of the Lord's Supper. To remember the sacrifice that Jesus became for us. To remember that with the hope that we have in His resurrection. That we too at the end of our days can also rise together with Him. But you remember in Luke chapter 19, also one of the purposes of Jesus was to seek and to save that which was lost. And so as we think about evangelism, as we think about missions, and as we think about reaching out and connecting with others in those ways, let us this morning look at the greatest example of all time of evangelism, of reaching out, of missions. And that's Jesus Christ Himself. I want you to notice in the book of John chapter 3, I want you to notice 
A couple of things that Jesus did as we look at this text. Well, notice here as we begin to look at John chapter 3, that Jesus met people where they were. Jesus, his, one of His purposes was to seek and to save that which was lost. And so, He met people where they were. In John chapter 3 here, we see Jesus, He cared about people. He truly and sincerely cared about people. Jesus wasn't really as concerned with, with popularity and with gathering a big following. In fact, many times when, when these followings would get so big, do you remember what Jesus would do? He would go on to the next place. He cared about meeting people where they were and helping them to journey where they need to be. And in John chapter 3 and John chapter 4, we have two examples of that. First of all, we see Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee of the strict sect of the Jewish people, of the Jewish leaders. He was a ruler of the Jews, the Bible says. And he came to Jesus by night. Remember, one of the purposes of Jesus was to seek and to save the lost. You see, timing really didn't matter that much to Jesus. Now that's not to say that, that we don't need to take time to be alone or we don't need to take time to be with our family because Jesus, He took time to be alone and pray with His Father so that He could do what He needed to do during moments like this. You see, Jesus being the Son of God, He knew where Nicodemus was. He knew his heart. And Nicodemus then here in chapter 3, he acknowledges that you have to be from God. You are a teacher come from God for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with Him. And Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You see, Jesus knew where Nicodemus was. Jesus knew these, these deep questions that Nicodemus had, even though he had not verbalized them. And he gives him the answer. And then in chapter 4, we'll see that Jesus met this Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus says, the Bible says here, that Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Now we know what the relationship between the Samaritans and the Jews were. They hated one another. The Jews didn't like the Samaritans and the Samaritans didn't like the Jews. But remember, Jesus had a purpose. The Jews, instead of going through Samaria, they would pick their, them another route out. They would only go through Samaria if they had to. They would only deal with the Samaritans if they had to. And because Jesus took His disciples into the city of Samaria, they had to deal because they had to go and get food. But they wouldn't have done that on purpose, but Jesus did. Jesus wanted to remind these disciples, He wanted to remind the Jews and the Samaritans that God has created all. And it's not up to you, even though you think you're the religious people, Jews, disciples. It's not up to you to decide who gets to hear the gospel and who does not. Who gets to encounter Jesus and who does not. We know the history of this woman. The Bible says when Jesus 
told her to call her husband. The Bible says, uh, I don't have a husband. Jesus says, I know. You've had five husbands and the one you're living with now is not even your husband. Now how she got to this point is not really known. And the point is that Jesus didn't say, I need to go to Samaria so I can meet this woman at the well so I can condemn her. Jesus says, I need to meet this woman at the well so I can meet her where she is and help her to get to where she needs to be. You see, Jesus knows where she is at in life. Verse 7, the woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. And notice her response in verse 9. How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, not only a Samaritan, but a woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus, notice in His answer in verse 10, He knows she is thirsty in the depth of her soul. He knows that. He seeks to meet her where she is. And He says... If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked Him and He would have given you living water. You see, John chapter 3 and John chapter 4 teaches us that Jesus met people where they were. But we'll also notice in these verses that Jesus loved them. He loved them where they were. But He also loved them to the point that He wanted to help them to get to where they needed to be. He didn't just leave them there. He knew Nicodemus had religious questions. So He took time to help him with these questions. To listen to his concerns. You know, often time says, I love you more than words. Jesus knew that Nicodemus needed to know that he loved him. John chapter 3, beginning in verse 10. Nicodemus didn't understand. He mean, born again? you enter a second time into your mother's womb? And Jesus says, Are you the teacher of Israel and you do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness? Jesus is telling us, we're, we're telling you the truth. We're living the truth. And you're a teacher of God's law and you don't know these things? And notice what he says. If I had told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who has come down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. You see, Jesus let Nicodemus know that he loved him, that the Father loved him. And because He loved them, Jesus...
Jesus knew that he needed to move from where he was. He didn't need to stay right there spiritually. And Jesus, he didn't hold back the truth. But he didn't browbeat him with it either. He told him in order to be in the kingdom of God, he would have to surrender his will to God's will and be born again. You see, Jesus reminds him, Nicodemus, you're looking at things from, uh, from an earthly view. What you need to do, Nicodemus, is you need to stop thinking about this earthly view. You need to stop thinking about uh, all the things that, that you think you know, and you need to think about things from a heavenly view. You see, Nicodemus, you get into the kingdom of God through faith and obedience through Jesus Christ, not by your own righteousness and ability to follow laws. chapter 4, Jesus meets a Samaritan woman. And He knew the deep scars in her life. He knew that she must have felt so unloved and so lost in life. You see, at a time when everyone else turned away from this woman, Jesus didn't. You see, he wanted to talk to her about life. He wanted to know what was going on in her life, though as God in the flesh he knew. He wanted to talk to her about these deep spiritual thirsts that she had. These deep scars that she had. He loved and cared for this woman enough to meet her where she was, to love her where she was, a deep, spiritually thirsty soul. But she too missed the example that He gave her. How is it? How is it? You can draw some water. The well is deep and you don't even have anything to draw with. Well, if you knew who I was, you'd ask for drink and I would give you living water. It would become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Sir, give me this water, verse 15, that I may not thirst. Ma'am, let's talk about what's going on in your life. Go call your husband. And we know how the rest of the story goes. She wanted to change the subject. There's too many scars there. Jesus, I know. That's why I'm here. But he didn't want her to stay where she was and so he loved her enough to continue talking with her and listening with her and trying to help her move beyond where she was. 
to where she needed to be. He might say, if you truly want to be able to worship God like He desires, you have to be filled with the living water that only comes through Jesus Christ the Messiah. And then you can truly be filled, you can truly be healed, and you can truly be free. was the result. Roy read it to us. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. You see, Jesus met this woman where she was. Jesus met Nicodemus where he was. And he loved them to the point that He wanted them to move beyond where they were. He told them the truth, but He loved them. Jesus told Nicodemus, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Most quoted verse. Probably one of the most known verses outside of Jesus wept. But oftentimes we forget to add with it the next verse. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Where was Nicodemus? You keep the law to a T as best as you possibly can, and you force other people to do it. If not, you're dead. And Jesus said, God loved the world through Jesus Christ. Not through your righteousness of keeping the law. And he said, Nicodemus, I'm not here to condemn you. Sin does that. The law does that. I'm here so that you might be saved from condemnation. So that you might be saved from a life of misery and sin. To that woman at the well... He knew her deep scars. He knew where she was, but He loved her enough to listen to her. To not pass by. To not do like all the other Jews and, and, and go around the city. He wanted to talk about those deep scars, though at first she didn't really want to talk about it. You want to talk about worship? I'll tell you about worship, Jesus says. But here's the reality. You need to drink of the living water. Then you can worship God. Like He wants to be worshipped. Then you can be free. Then you can be healed of these deep scars that you had. How did Jesus do this? How did He meet people where they were? How did, how did He give us an example? The example to these disciples? The example to you and I today? Meet people where they are. Not to condemn them, but to say, salvation is in Jesus Christ. Freedom is in Jesus Christ. Religious freedom is in Jesus Christ. You got those deep scars in your life? You want to be healed? 
It's not moving from relationship to relationship. It's a relationship with the living water through Jesus Christ. He met people where they were and He loved them. That means He took time to listen. To listen where they were. I, I tried to go back and look through um, some information many years ago when I was in Decatur, Alabama, went through a listening skills workshop. Uh, Miss Greta would say I still hadn't mastered that yet, but I'm still working on it. But the interesting thing was in that workshop, just like the lady at the well, people initially do not want to talk about those deep scars or those deep problems that are really going on. But if you keep loving, if you keep meeting them where they are and you keep listening, they'll talk. And we can help them move from where they are to where they need to be. Freedom in Jesus Christ. There's lots of examples of evangelism in Scripture. But there's none greater than Jesus Christ Himself. Today, We've been talking about evangelism. Let us ask you the question. Today, are you free from a life of sin? Or better yet, have you given your life back to Jesus like He gave His life for you? In the book of Acts, on the day of Pentecost, after those people had crucified, they had yelled, Crucify Jesus! And then they heard that great sermon from Peter. The Bible says they were pricked in their hearts because they realized we've killed the Messiah. But what must we do, Peter? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord and you shall receive the gift for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You can be free. You can have those scars healed. Have you done that today? It's our prayer if you haven't that you will. Maybe you're here today, and maybe you're carrying some heavy burdens. The Bible tells us to share those so that we can pray with one another. So that you can leave this place today knowing that you are healed through Jesus Christ. As together we stand and sing.